watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Beheim! Wow, does that silence it a little bit? DeVito backs up, throws deep, has Harris right side, has a catch at the five, and he tumbles into the end zone. That's a touchdown from 46, and the Orange are rolling. The Bills make me wanna shout. Allen looks to his left, fires left side. It goes to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is on the block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. Here on ESPN Radio 97.7 ESPN Radio Heard on 96.5 FM Heard wherever you are Whatever you are doing On the ESPN app A dreary, rainy fall day here in central New York No apple picking today Unless you're hardcore so uh, you're indoors probably if you're here in central New York on the ESPN app or on the radio, and that's all well and good, but both great ways to listen to the show. But what you need to do is in life, you got. I'm a big fan of the show Parks and Rec, as I'm sure many of you out there are as well. And if you haven't seen Parks and Rec, and I'm not giving away any uh, big uh, plot details here, you can certainly find the meme out there. Oh, there's a great thing at Parks and Rec. called Treat Yourself, right? Treat Yourself. Once in a while, I got Treat Yourself. Well, you should treat yourself every day when it comes to this show. Go to QSportsTalk.com. Do it. Do it, do it right now. You're indoors anyway, right? You're inside on this dreary, rainy day. So do that. Clickety-clack it in there. Ready? QSportsTalk.com. By the way, side note on this, does it irritate anybody else as much as it irritates me when people still say WWW? And by the way, they don't say that. They say WWW, which that's no, that's no, that's not. No. As we learned in broadcast school, kids, W, not W. Okay. So don't say WWW, but go to QSportsTalk.com. Hey, look, that's us. You can see here into the studio. You see all those people starting to pop in there on the right, opining their hot takes on the world of sports. That's hot. That's the live chat. In the live chat, you can opine as much as you'd like. Well, some of you can anyway. We had to kick somebody out yesterday, but I won't get into that. (laughs) Behave yourselves in there, please. But that's not all. There's a little bit more here. When the radio audience goes to commercial breaks, our friends at QSportsTalk.com do not because we keep the mics on during commercial breaks and we talk to you. Uh, if you're watching on QSportsTalk.com, you'll notice I am, I'm, Uncle Brent doesn't try new things often, but I'm trying this new chair. There's been this chair that's been in here, and I've just instinctively, when I come in, I, I move this chair and I sit in this one, and 
I got to tell you, what was I doing? What what was I doing slumming in this thing over here? This is a very comfortable chair that I am sitting in. I believe my posture will be better too. You hear me doing this? I'm, I'm adjusting the microphone because usually in that chair, I'm a little lower. But in this chair, I'm a little higher. My posture is better. So I'm going to have to get used to that. But, uh, man, what have I been doing all my life? This thing. Get out of here, man. This is where it's at. Okay. Enough of all that stuff. Let's talk sports with you. Dino Babers is going to join us today. Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, Coach. Our weekly conversation with Coach Babers as we get ready for Syracuse and Liberty tomorrow at the Carrier Dome. That is brought to you by CH Insurance, by the way. If you would like to go to tomorrow's football game, and not only that, have the opportunity to go on the field and kick an extra point for $100, I would uh, hang around. Just my advice. I would keep listening. Because we may be giving away just that very thing, which led to a discussion before the show, by the way, $100 or not, of the ESPN Syracuse crew, who could make a college extra point if put out on the field like you perhaps will have the opportunity to if you win those tickets to the game and the extra point opportunity for $100. I definitely would make it. I have faith that Tommy Gunn would make it. Paulie, no way. Paulie would tear an ACL just attempting it. Jordan, no. Couldn't couldn't get enough arc to get it over the crossbar. Steve Infante, I'm going to go with a yes. I think Steve could put it through. He's still got some athletic ability. Nobody on exit 31 is coming close. Like, if anything, Rain would, like, pull a Charlie Brown. Somehow, someway, someone would pull the ball away and he'd fall on his ass. Matt, not, not happening. Maybe Spencer. Spencer was an athlete. He might be able to get it, like barely. It would like hit the upright and, and bounce over or something, crossbar and bounce over. Did I leave anybody out? Of course, the great one, Ed Levine, would put it through. I mean, come on, what are we talking about here? Who did I leave out? So you guys can discuss that in the chat at QSportsTalk.com, not only of us, but of, of you, of, of the great people that, that come in our chat. Could you make a college extra point? Just cold, out of the stands, Bing, bang, boom, because someone is going to have the opportunity to do that. That's listening and watching us, of course, today on the field, tomorrow night. No pressure or anything. Friday night lights. Got to put it through. hundred bucks, though, if you can do it. So stay tuned for your chance to win that. We'll go on the blind side. Yankees and Red Sox about to begin in a pretty important series. The Buffalo Sabres, just when you think they can't dig the hole any deeper, uh, they show up today for training camp. Even if you're not a Sabres fan, I think you can appreciate just what is happening before our very eyes here? Their franchise player that they tanked for, they stripped his captaincy today and just basically went out there and did everything they could publicly to just shred the guy. I, I'm going to adopt the Seattle Kraken for the year. I talked to Nico today. I'm like, listen, man, keep me in the loop on what's going on with this expansion team. And I know their games are on really late. Maybe I should pick a team that I can actually watch their games and not have to stay up till 2 in the morning to do so. But I think the Sabres and I might need a little break this year, the way things are going there. So we'll have a little fun with that. But I certainly want to start with Syracuse and Liberty. We'll discuss it throughout the program. But I feel like the importance of this game has been redefined in a way. And here's what I mean by that. Now, 
big picture, there is certainly a huge difference for Syracuse football between 3-1 and one and 2-2. Two and two. I said at the beginning of the season that it was crucial that Syracuse win three non-conference games. To win three non-conference games because they had so many home games early, including the stretch of three in a row. And in that stretch, of course, they split. They lost to Rutgers. They beat Albany. Okay? Would have been easier had they gone 2-0 and in that stretch, picked up the third win, of course, with Ohio, and then this could be, almost in, in essence, a game, that one you want to lose, but you could lose because you still go 3-1. and one. Now, what's working to Syracuse's advantage in a weird way is if they pick up a third non-conference win in this one, it's the most legit of the bunch. Liberty is just outside the top 25. You've heard all week, and we'll continue to hear until kickoff tomorrow, how good Malik Willis is because he's really freaking good. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Ohio stinks. They're in the ESPN bottom 10 this week. Rutgers is... Man, that's just one of those games you're going to look back on and say, how'd they lose that? Like, come on. And Albany's Albany. So the importance of the big picture, the importance of three non-conference wins, that holds. It's especially important in the sense of all of a sudden, the ACC is pretty wide open. All of a sudden, the ACC does not look as daunting of a task as it was. Now, a wide-open ACC could equal bad news for Syracuse. But at the very least, there is no one in that league, not one team that you look at and say, no way, no how. Even Clemson. Now, Clemson's defense is all world. But their offense is really struggling. And they Syracuse gets Clemson relatively early in the ACC schedule. So weird things happen in those games. That is also a Friday night game. And we have seen in recent years the success that Syracuse has on Friday nights, how they play on Friday nights, the upsets they've pulled on Friday nights. There's just something about that place on a Friday night. I think that the crowd that's there is going to be energized. I think the students are going to show. I think there's going to be a buzz. They got the new light show going. Like there's a feel in that building on a Friday night. To Syracuse's credit, you know, we talk so much about the atmosphere, and this year it's been weird with the COVID protocols and attendance and when they lost to Rutgers, what that was going to do. Now, there's going to be some juice in that building tomorrow. Got a great player, Malik Willis, there. Like, I'm not worried about the atmosphere at all. If Liberty plays the way they did last year, we'll get into in the next segment, it's going to be trouble, and that juice could uh, dry up rather quick. But that's all still there. But to me, the more important thing for Syracuse is to beat Liberty for basically their own mental health. To get over last year's game, which was a disaster on a lot of fronts, both that game itself, the details of that game, but also just the psyche of how they lost. This this squad that you scheduled as a bye game, as a gimme game, as three banked wins on the schedule, team that had just got to Division One, a team that, I mean, come on. This is why you put Liberty on the schedule. They were begging people to play them, throwing some money around to get people to play them. And Syracuse is like, sure, we'll play a few games against you, thinking and shifting the mentality of, well, the non-conference slate was a little too tough on us. Why do that? Beef up a little bit. 
in the non-conference slate now that you're in the ACC and make the path to a bowl game easier. That was the thinking in scheduling Liberty. And last year, that all came crashing down. But you have one more game against them. I think this team has a lot on its mind in terms of, wait a minute, which team is the one just outside the top 25? Which team is the underdog here? We're the ACC team. They're the independent. I think there's some things about Liberty, the school itself, some of the, how can I put this, some of the the standards that they, they have. I've made my stance on this abundantly clear that I never thought Syracuse should have scheduled Liberty, but listen, they're playing tomorrow night no matter what I say. So we've shifted the focus to football. Don't think the players don't think about that kind of stuff because they do. They've noticed it. This, to me, is more about the pride of they've got to swing the narrative. They've got to take the story back. So three wins in non-conference play is important. Momentum into conference play is important. Now, Dino Baber has dropped, and you're going to hear Dino say something similar when we chat with him later in the program. But last night on his radio program, you know, the one thing that can just derail any of these conversations is health. Syracuse was not, they're starting to see it just deteriorate in terms of health when they played Liberty last year. Remember, it was later in the schedule last year. It was the only non-conference game they played last year, and it was in October. Are we starting to see that again here? You know, we're banged up. I mean, Albany, Albany was banging. They were yeah. really out there hitting, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't sit here and tell you. I would. I wouldn't be telling you the truth to tell you we're going to be at full strength. We're not going to be at full strength. We're going to be missing some cats that you guys are going to be like, oh wow. And then you know we may have some guys back that you guys may say, oh wow. But uh, it's going to balance. It's going to be some scales. There's going. There's going to be some surprises on both sides. So uh, yeah, you never want to hear that, right? And we can speculate all day who's in, who's out. The cats that are back, the cats that are still. I could use this reference because I've been going through this lately. I'm proud to announce, by the way, Contour is coming home today. For those of you that have still been asking about my cat, and I really appreciate that. He's coming home today, kids. We're excited. Um, but the cats that are still essentially at the vet, right? So we'll be watching warm-ups closely tomorrow. Remember, we'll be on the air with you. We're, so we're going to do an hour of this show from like 4 to 5, just basically a normal show, get some other things in there, some NFL thoughts, and get all that in. And then 5 to 7, it is essentially uh, pregame. And then we'll kick it up to the quad at 7 and and just do the normal pregame festivities we would do on a Saturday but on a Friday night. So we'll be talking plenty about the game tomorrow. But, look, I think a lot of those things are what this game's about. And I don't want to fall into that old cliche, but it does really feel like one game at a time. It really does feel like hone in on this game, winning this game, beating this team, swinging some narratives back. And then if you want to calculate that into how important it is that Syracuse has three wins going into ACC play, that's all certainly there. Now, again, one thing I think that is on their mind and should be on their mind and should motivate them is how much Liberty kicked their butt last year and kicked their butt in one place in particular. Malik Willis factors into this, but this game is going to be decided in running the football on both sides of the ball. 
That's how Liberty won last year. They shredded that Syracuse defense, which I think is healthier in this game than they were a year ago, but still has something to prove because some will look at Syracuse's run against Ohio, Rutgers, and Albany with a bit of skepticism and say, well, what did you really prove there? I look at that Syracuse defense and I see talent. I see what I think is a good defense, but one that will certainly be challenged tomorrow. So I want to circle back to last year's games because it's last year's game because it is pretty incredible. Some of the themes from last year that apply to this year, because sometimes a year can go by. It's a completely different team. It's a completely different situation. Not really in this case. So we will look into that when we come back. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. If you want to hop on board the live chat, certainly there for your perusal and for your participation at QSportsTalk.com. We'll hear from Coach Babers later in the show. We'll hear from you throughout the program is on the block here in our Burdick BMW opening drive. We'll get our Lee Baldwin report here before we break here shortly. But, yeah, just in case you forgot about, and you remember Syracuse lost that game last year. They were embarrassed last year. You know what the score was last year, all of that. But there's a few more things, as painful as it will be, that we just have to remind you about from last year's game that they need to avoid in this year's game. See how the market did first on this Thursday. Our friend Lee Baldwin here to tell us all about that. How are you, sir? Greetings. How are you, Brent? Greetings, Earthling. Greetings. Doing fantastic. <laughs> well, you should be. The market gained. Uh, that was up over 500 points, so we're back to even or maybe even a little higher for the week. So who would have thought after Monday? So uh, that's that's in our favor. Um, so my diamonds today are, is what we call a pick em around here. Basically, you could pick a stock. It was probably up, so it was a pretty broad-based rally. That's always good. And, yeah, and our dog is the obvious one, China Evergrande. Uh, that's the Chinese builder that's about to uh, fail on a $300 billion loan that was due today. So, um, so issues in the uh, real estate market over in China. So there you have it. All right. Lee, thank you as always, my friend. <laughs> you got it. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great weekend, okay? That's Lee Baldwin, folks. You can find him at Lee Baldwin in person in Kaz and Utica, LeeBaldwin.com as well for all of the latest. So you have all the diamonds and none of the dogs on your portfolio. Last year's game, painful memory, but one we've got to sort through. Syracuse Liberty, stay right there. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. Great to have you here on the block, ESPN Radio. QSportsTalk.com, where uh, so much is happening, including uh, the Dino Baber Show every Monday at noon. Get your own show with the head coach. How about that? Mondays at noon, and if you are a QSportsTalk.com subscriber, then you get to ask the coach questions. Subscribing is free with your Amazon Prime account. All subscribers in the month of September and we're coming down the home stretch here, so make sure you take advantage of this. We'll receive a QSportsTalk.com t-shirt. Dino Baber show is Mondays at noon on QSportsTalk.com, but you're saying, oh, crap, I missed that. Well, we're going to have the head coach on for you about an hour from now. Thanks, Brent. You're welcome, Coach. Presented by CH Insurance in our weekly conversation with Dino Babers. Now, I want to get to the Liberty game. Looking back at last year's Liberty game, I just noticed I've got the 
Liberty colors on today. Just wore my red shirt. Uh, just announced, though, we wanted to let you know about something that's happening. We just got the word on. So Syracuse University has, and I'll just give you some details from the press release. They have announced a, this is one of those buzzwords going around in college sports these days, an alliance with the MEAC, the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, as noted from a press release via Syracuse University, the 10-year partnership, which is already underway, creates multiple opportunities for collaboration between Syracuse and the MEAC's member institutions. One of the key components of the alliance, the alliance, is an athletic scheduling agreement that has a goal of up to 50 competitions between Syracuse and MEAC institutions over the course of of the next 10 years, contracts have already been signed between Syracuse and Morgan State in football. That's in 2029, so we got a little time before that one, but already a football game on the slate. Women's basketball this season between Syracuse and Morgan State. A softball matchup coming up in spring of 2022 and many more to come on that front. So you're wondering the MEAC. Okay, I hear about them during the NCAA tournament. Who's in the MEAC? Um, you've got Norfolk State. Coppin State, Morgan State, Howard, Delaware State, North Carolina A&T, Florida A&M, North Carolina Central, and South Carolina State, and they are eight historical HBUs, historically black institutions. So great news there that Syracuse is partnering up there and giving those opportunities to those schools, and there's all kinds of collaborations and things going on there. So there you go. An alliance announced between Syracuse and the MEAC. And that, that gets underway with the women's basketball this year. Okay, so I know it's painful. No one wants to go back to last year's Syracuse Liberty game, but I think it's important that you need to. First of all, 368 rushing yards. And they didn't even have their starting running back in. Joshua Mack, who is the Rochester native, he is back. He is on the field. He is playing. Now, when you talk about rushing, and I'll pull up the stats while we're yakking about it here, every conversation with Liberty, of course, starts and ends with Malik Willis. He's their leading rusher. He's the guy you got to keep the closest eye on. You cannot let Malik Willis just run at will. Syracuse is going to have to make a real decision. You have to spy Malik Willis, and I think Mikel Jones comes up as the likely candidate to do that. Okay. You have got to make a decision with Malik Willis. Do you keep him in a certain box, let him basically run east-west, but not north-south? So watching some highlights, if you can call them that, from last year's game, and it's amazing how many tackles he avoided. The comparisons are out there. Some say Lamar Jackson. Some say a little Trey Lance. I see a little Ben Roethlisberger in him, you know, when Ben Roethlisberger was good, right? Just hard to tackle, big dude. There are so many times, even when the Bills played the Steelers in week one, like why can't they just get this guy, right? I mean, Roethlisberger is a lot slower than he used to be, but Malik Willis is just hard to pin down and to the very last second can just release a pass and you're just like, how did he do that? How did he throw that ball with that velocity, with that accuracy? Just so tough to defend. So you got to make a decision about what you're willing to live with, right? And I think the secondary will be better than he faced last year. By Now, again, that clip we played from Dino is interesting about some cats that will be out. They'll be like, oh, wow, who's that? But also some players that will return that we, the collective we, the media and fans, will be like, oh, 
Well, that's good. Garrett Williams, by all indications, is going to play in this game. Now, if you're Malik Willis, Albany even did this a little bit last week. They they went after Deuce Chestnut a little bit, and they were successful. As good as Deuce Chestnut is, as good as he will be, he's a freshman. And you can make freshmen do freshman things. And I think if I'm Malik Willis and I'm watching film in that Syracuse defense this week, I'm like, hey, this kid's pretty good, but I can get him. You don't have an Andre Sisco out there at safety that can come in and rescue you because who has Syracuse played this year that has really challenged that secondary and that defense as a whole? The answer is no one. Ohio didn't do it. Rutgers didn't do it. And certainly Albany didn't do it. Now you got a real big boy quarterback coming in that can challenge corners, that can throw with accuracy, that can put a football in a window that doesn't look like it belongs there. This is where you need a safety. This is where... Missing Andre Sisco, I know he missed a bunch of last season, but missing a home run hitter, a true safety is going to come into play here for the Orange. So the challenge for Carter, the challenge for the players in that secondary, not Garrett Williams, not Deuce Chestnut, right? Not the corners, but the safeties. This is going to be that game. Not to say the pass rush won't be important here, and, and all of the tricks in Tony White's bag of that three three five need to be employed here, but you just need that safety to bail you out here, and that was the Andre Sisco factor that Syracuse missed for most of last year, and they're looking to replace. But it was the rushing yards that just shredded this team last year. So right now, Malik Willis is your leading rusher. He averages 6.5 yards a carry, 225 yards. T.J. Green has 23 carries for 132 yards. We mentioned Josh Mack is back on the field, 40 carries, 127 yards. Um, Cedro Lewis, who came off the bench and rushed for 172 yards last year, he's their fourth leading rusher this year. Now, the thing with him is he got those 172 yards a year ago on 10 carries. Pickett came into last year's game. He got 115 yards on 23 carries. All told, 368 rushing yards. One would think the Syracuse defense, and by the way, I was Tom and I, Tommy and I, pardon me, were talking about this before the show, and I was like, who was on the field last year? Because they were starting to pile up injuries. McKinley Williams, Josh Black, Kingsley Jonathan all on the field last year. Now, Kingsley Jonathan, I think, is another one of those cats that Dino was talking about that will be back on the field, and they need him. He's played a little bit on special teams last week. He'll be back in the mix. So now the question is, who are the players that we're going to say, oh, that are out? We know that Taj Harris was out a week ago. By all indications, he's coming back. I don't think Luke Benson's going to be back out there, right? I think we're pretty much under the assumption he's out for a while. They've been shifting the offensive line around a lot. Aaron Service is going to spend more time at center. And, by the way, Dino discussed that on his radio program last night with the National Football League in mind. Aaron is a, a multidimensional player, and we have to have flexibility in the line at, at certain positions to make sure that we're going to always have our best five out there, always hoping that our best five is good enough. There's going to be a, a ton of NFL scouts at this game. I, I just looked at the... I just looked at the lineup, and they have to send me which scouts are coming, and uh, it is one of the longest lists I've ever seen for the Dome. 
And one of the things about Aaron Service is that even though he plays tackle for us, the NFL is really excited about him playing center. And, uh, you know, whether he gets drafted or whether he gets a free agent opportunity, his flexibility on the offensive line is going to be the thing that is going to be the most valuable to the NFL. One of the things we're doing here at Syracuse is making sure that all of our offensive linemen build in a lot of flexibility where it may look bad to everyone around here from a financial standpoint. It may be the goose that lays the golden egg for them when they leave. So that's Dino talking about the offensive line. Is that where the eyebrow raising, oh, that guy's out, comes from? We'll see tomorrow. And I feel like we do this every week now. We're just scanning pregame warmups for tweets and indications from the dome of, okay, well, that guy's not dressed. Now, I brought up Taj Harris. Remember, this is the game last year. Taj Harris flipped off the camera. Had a weak moment. It's one of the worst losses Syracuse football's had in the regular season, frankly, in a long time by a, a number of factors. And again, Liberty's turned out to be a legit program, but at the time, like the feeling of that was I, you couldn't believe what you were seeing. So camera pans over. Taj Harris does something he regrets. Missed out on the week after, which was Clemson. And now he gets to come back on the field. And I think he's got redemption on his mind to get people to think about something other than what he did last year. And he's got a little juice going because he didn't play last week. Now we'll see the severity of the injury that kept him out. Remember, he tweeted just before kickoff last week that he'd be back this week. He later deleted that tweet. All indications are he's coming back. It seemed to be a precautionary thing, but... Is he 100%? And how much did Tommy DeVito really learn? And we talked to Tommy about it yesterday, but how much did he really learn about the other receivers out there and spreading the wealth? And, you know, I mean, Taj is a guy you want with the football in his hands, but if he's not 100%, at least you're comfortable throwing to other receivers at this point. But Taj is going to want a little bit of revenge. I don't think these Syracuse players have forgotten what Liberty did after the game. There was a video circulating going pretty viral afterwards of the of the Liberty players in their locker room while still in the dome blasting Alicia Keys New York, right? Who else is in that? So Jay-Z, right? Jay-Z, Alicia Keys, a couple of different people in that song. Everybody knows that one. They played it at the dome like a hundred thousand times when we were New York's college team, right? But Liberty blasts that song, Empire State of Mind was the official title of the song. Thank you, Tommy. Uncle Brent couldn't remember that. And blasted it loud enough that people heard it coming out of their locker room, and then obviously it ends up on social media. So there is a lot about last year's game that should motivate this team. Oh, by the way, they had 10 penalties against Liberty a year ago. You notice all the common themes coming into this game that come out of last year? So over under 368 rushing yards, yeah, let's take the under on that. Over under 10 penalties, you hope you get the under on that. You're a healthier football team than you were a year ago. You're a more motivated football team than you were a year ago. There are fans in the building. And there'll be some juice, which there wasn't a year ago. Malik Willis is that much better. I don't think they knew coming into that game. I, I remember some pregame buzz about that, Dino discussing it. Like, you knew, like, hey, this guy's pretty good. 
Now he's elite. You just heard Dino mention it, the list of NFL scouts that are going to be in the building. They're there for him. Opportunity for like a Garrett Williams and Aaron Service, um, Kel Jones, a couple players on the Syracuse roster that feel like you know they'll be going to the NFL at some point too. But they're all there to see Malik Willis. Last year's game doesn't always matter. Rosters turnover, different situation, different coaching staffs, right? But this game, there's a lot of things that you cannot just brush aside from last year. It's not one of those, well, that was last year, this is this year. No, there's a lot of stuff from last year that has to factor into this year's game plan, namely some stuff you cannot repeat and some things you have to do that you couldn't against this team last year because a lot of the pieces are the same. And on that note, we'll take a break. We will return with some hot takes. We'll switch gears, talk a little baseball, Yankees and Red Sox this weekend. You knew it would mean something with the wild card on the line. And just when you think the Buffalo Sabres can't, boy, we're really deep in this hole. I don't think we could. Oh, I found more I found more dirt to shovel. I'm going to adopt the Seattle Kraken for a year. I just, guys, like, we need a break. I I don't know if I can do it this year. I really it's just, we're, it's a day one of training camp, and they're taking the C away from Jack Eichel, and it's just like, you know what? I just, I don't know if I can do it this year. I'll go root for the Kraken. That's, a, that's just fun to say. So we'll do that. We'll hear from Coach Babers coming up. We'll certainly talk more Syracuse and Liberty as we press forward this afternoon. You are on the block, ESPN Radio. QSportsTalk.com, and it's presented by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. Stay right there. 